0: it away welcome to three R Sports right now we can see Rod is still hiding from the draft and has not showed back up yet so he's looking up Alex Leather right now on Wikipedia and getting ready for the show. Uh of course join us tonight Um uh, Roger will be joining us in a minute he's getting set folks we, we 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 may move our show back a little bit it's a tough hour for us all to make it sometimes but either way We've got the three R's, Randall, Robbie, and Rod here. And uh, Rod, or Robbie, you, you you, you, did more than yeoman service to make it tonight. You haven't even got to eat your sandwich yet, have you?
1: I haven't, haven't had dinner. I'm a little yeah. under the weather today. Uh, not COVID, though, I've taken. Uh, I've got my vaccines, and I took a COVID test today. So it's not that. It just seems to be something else that's going around. But I'm here and uh, happy to be here. And looking forward to the discussion tonight.
0: Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, we're we're branching out a little bit. tonight. Uh, well, Raj has got got something big for us to share with us here in a little bit. But let's get Raj. Roger, you finally settled into your spot. I think so. Okay. Well, welcome, Rog. How are you doing? Have you have you have you feel better about the Raiders draft yet? Even though I might have took a shot to your vertex text the other night. It's, it's, it's the greatest two minutes of this show so far.
2: How does a, how does a hat no, not... No, man. I'm like I said, I'm... What's so that?
1: How, I said, how is your hat not on the right size?
2: Uh, I was, that's a good question. My dog had it in her mouth, and she's got a <laughs> piece of the back, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> that is exactly why. And Randall, to answer your question, no, I'm not over it. I never will be over it. You've got one shot every year at the NFL draft. You need to make sure you get value. The Raiders never get value. And you, you can't, you know, you're, you're flipping a coin. The Raiders are like a, a, a fountain where you flip a coin and you wish. You know, there, there are no measurables. There are no, like, taking this guy here. There's a Trevor Lawrence selections. In fact, when they had number one overall, they picked Jamarcus Russell. So, it's perpetual fountain wish, Trevi Fountain in Italy, throw it over your back shoulder and hope for the best, which never happens. Well,
0: I'll remind you, Thomas has had two number one overall selections. One was Andre Bruce, who ended up playing tight end for the Raiders, and the other one ended up in federal prison. So, it's not like we've done so well with the number (laughs) one pick either. But tonight, we remember have that. A, that. a variety of subjects to talk about, getting everybody squared in. But tonight, we're going to lead with, and, and Roger, I'd like for you to tell a little bit of the background, uh, how you've got to know him and stuff. We have a great UFC event this weekend, and a friend of the show is finding uh, the co-main event, hopefully, fingers crossed, future guests of the show. But uh, explain your connection with with uh, uh, Darryl Rouge, and, uh, and, and and let's talk a little bit about the fact. And he changed his hats again. I like the Dodger hat. Here, I got the brakes.
2: Yeah, I, I probably should mix it up, but I didn't feel like it right now. Go to my go-to. Um, so Benny, Benil Darush is an amazing guy. One of my best friends uh, from college. He is a physician and end up marrying a pretty nurse, and the nurse is Benny's sister. So, uh, Benny is his brother-in-law, and I met him years ago at the bachelor party. Of course, my buddy wouldn't do anything because her, his wife-to-be's brother is an MMA fighter, but now Benny's not like that, man. He's super chill, he's very passionate, very religious. In fact, um, you know, I, I'm gonna try to get him on the show, but why can't I get this camera right? Um, you know, he's very uh, about Haiti, especially, and um, he's helping to build orphanages there. So, oh. you know, I'd like to give him that platform as well, because he's one of those guys that just tries to make the world a better place. But yeah, Benny and I have known each other for about 10 years. Um, Hi, you know, it's I've been... my daddy's birthday. You <laughs> <laughs> said it's my daddy's birthday. Thanks, bud. I appreciate that. Yeah, happy birthday. He was happy planning birthday. that, but like every
0: Happy birthday there, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
2: dude. Much, much appreciated. Like uh, thanks. Uh, you know, we've been to a few of his fights. Even Blake, as you guys know, went with us to Nashville. Um, you know, I saw his first fight was in Conyers, Georgia, when he was like on the under, 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 undercard. And now he's the co-main event. So uh, I'm excited for him. You know, he's won six in a row. And uh, I think this is a very interesting matchup. So his opponent
0: is a UFC legend and uh, one of my favorite fighters, Ferguson, who strangely has a tie to the owner of iLogic Media that we are on right now, his name, Jonathan Danger Cole. Ferguson used to work for him. So both sides of the co-main, we've got <coughs> the show. Uh, but, uh, just not really the fight but isn't it, is there any more sport that you can go from the top to the bottom in UFC? Ferguson's lost, I think, two fights in a row. Dana White fires you basically if you lose three fights. How can you go from the top five to being fired? I mean, UFC, there's no second chances.
1: Yeah, like so for me, UFC is kind of like the Premier League in soccer, Like I know what's going on and I know people are obsessed with it, but to say I know anything about it would be a stretch. Um, but just on what, you know, the brief, um, it seems like it's a, you know, it's a essentially a sink or swim. You're your own business, essentially is what you are. And you're an entrepreneur out there. You have your product, which is fighting. And, you know, there's really one person you need to impress and, 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 Dana White, and then you know, grab a following, and you have to prove that you have you bring something to the table that makes them money, money. Um, and then you know, or else you're you're gone. And so, it is ultimately the fighting for your life and livelihood, which I guess is why it is so appealing to people. Um, but I, I mean, I personally, I'd love to have your buddy on the, the show and hear his story. And it sounds like he's doing um, a lot of good things aside from in the ring. Well,
0: and to his question, I looked up and you know I kind of knew it in my heart. He is doing great things outside the ring. He's been fighting since two thousand and nine to get to this point, yeah. Ross. I mean, it's been a, he's thirty two years old himself. It's been an incredibly long journey to get to this point.
2: Yeah, man, he had to earn it. Like I said, you know, work his way up, and you know, there's an element of USC, that's a bit WWE, if you ask me, that's about marketing and whatnot. You know, I can't confirm, but through my buddy, I've asked, like, you know, Dana White, why is my camera tripping. Uh, you know, they want you to talk trash and be brash. You know, Tony Ferguson, his nickname is El Cucuy, which is, like, basically loosely translate to an urban legend about a boogeyman, like somebody who would snatch up bad kids. uh, a, a ghost monster type thing So um, And, and you know he, He's a chaotic fighter that high energy All action that Like you said Randall basically Murdered people for years um, You know he's 37 So like y- you know when when You get too old and you know just like A horse a racehorse Dana's gonna Put you out to, to pasture but yeah with But uh, Benny being 32 You know his debut fight I think it, it Was in 2009 like I said i Met them in Conyers. It was a Wednesday night. Uh, I cannot believe it's been that long, uh, but yeah, he's you know he's he he had a makeup fight seven fights ago against Alexander Hernandez and who I can't remember who he was supposed to fight, but Hernandez very little prep, kind of walked in there, you know. And Hernandez, I mean, it's the UFC. It's like people say in the NBA or the NFL, these are professionals, and Hernandez yeah. handled him and he owned it and. Since then, you know, he's won six in a row against some serious, like seriously talented fighters. By the way, against Holtzman was that a uh, uh, spinning back fist that like it became viral when Joe Rogan went nuts. And uh, uh, Benny, I'm pretty sure Benny took his fifty thousand bucks and donated it all to the Haitian. Uh, yeah, dude, I'd be like, I'm going to Vegas. No, he's yeah, helping he's like, out orphans in Haiti. You- if you have not read his story,
0: Google him. I mean, he's a top ten contender. Uh, great guy. Real fast, get him into the fight. Real fast. Roger, I don't know if you. And again, uh, Friday night at eight, uh, nine o'clock, uh, fight night with Andrew Howard. We'll have a full breakdown of the fight. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all tonight's Randall's bet the nuts is on this fight, and I'm not trying to be a homer. I really feel so strongly. Mm-hmm about what's going to happen in this fight.
1: The, spoiler alert.
0: Spoiler alert. If you stay with us tonight, I <laughs> I feel really, really strongly about this fight. And, well, and I got a breakdown that I think, I think most people agree with. It's the same breakdown. I broke down the fight for our Friday show today, so I knew we were going to talk about it. And I went into it. And, and I'm not kidding when I tell you, Person has probably been my favorite fighter because he is nuts. I mean, legitimately wear some tinfoil on your head, nuts. And he fights so unarmed, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, But but I will get to uh, that in the Bet You Nuts segment. But this division, real quick, last question. You really, really are facing an uphill battle. Khabib just retired the main event of this fire fight is Olvera versus Chandler to hang the title on one of those in July. You have McGregor fighting Poirier. and uh, if the winner of that, you would expect to get a title shot. You also have setting at number two, who lost to Khabib right before he retired and Justin Gagey, somebody that deserves another shot at the title. They're, there, this may be the primary division in UFC, Raj. Does, have you ever asked Benny, yeah. has he ever thought about going up or down? It seems like even up outside of Usman, the opportunities are greater.
2: Yeah, I actually have. Um, you know, for many years, Dos Anjos was number one in the division. That's like his best friend, his sparring partner, They're both out of King's MMA, uh, based in Huntington Beach. They opened up a new location near where Benny lives in Yorba Linda. Um, You you know, and he's – Benny is such a principled good dude. He he wouldn't fight him. He would not fight his best friend sparring sparring partner partner for a championship because he's not worried about himself as much as – you know, (laughs) I I think he truly appreciates the tactical skill. Like, you know, I don't want to use the term warfare, but, you know, just look at his fights. He's not a guy that – he's the opposite of Ferguson. He's not going to go in there and go Tasmanian devil and, you know, knock people out of the the ring. You know, he's going to be very uh, methodical and poised, and then he's going to seize his opportunity. Sometimes it's at 438 in the first round like he did against Holtzman. Other times, you know, against Closé, it was an overhand left in the second. A rear naked choke against Camacho. You know, otherwise, no decision. He's just a smart tactical fighter, and if you leave a window open, he's going to come through. Absolutely, and you'll get my prediction later tonight.
0: Do you have a prediction, Raj? Now, or do you want to save yours?
2: I do. It's my okay. I'll save mine for bet your nuts. But I mean, I, I think right. everyone knows where I'm going. But there's a reason I I why. I think
0: everybody knows where I'm going with my. Hey, advice. how
1: much? How much does this fight cost? For um, I assume it's on pay per view. How much does it cost?
0: Uh, it's a it's a standard fifty nine ninety five. The main events for the lightweight championship.
2: So okay. He's getting we gotta heavy. figure out where we're gonna watch it. Cause uh yeah.
0: Let me know. And I may yeah. <laughs> so that's a great segue from money to money. Robbie is the money expert of our little gang here. <laughs> <clears throat> Robbie. The I posted it in our group chat, and we discussed it and it's been all over the internet. The Dolphins, I mean, the uh, the Dolphins, I think the Bama could beat the Dolphins, but let's get back to it. Bama's players signed contracts totaling $136 million in the recent draft. That's their slot. That's what they'll take from it. That includes six first-round picks. $136 million. But in 2010, Sam Bradford signed one contract as a rookie for $78 million. Has the NFL got it right now in that you earn your money on your second contract?
1: Oh, 100%. Well, let's go back to the Alabama number yeah. and that you that marking video they put out. Oh my gosh, what I watched it, and it it just made me sick because, like, man, what a recruiting video. Just show that whenever kids on campus are looking at you. You talk about an NFL factory, and you come there, you can sit for a while, don't put your body through much, get better, you play your year, NFL riches um, await. But as far as NFL getting it right, yes, there was a huge, huge problem um, with the rookie wage scale and not only the number as anyone who watches the NFL uh, knows it's it's not the total number; it's the guaranteed money right because those contracts might as well be written on napkins as, as far as it goes to the player and so I can't remember what the number was of that 78 I want to say it was probably 38 35 or 30 30 to 40 million dollar guarantees And that's when when teams really had consequences for missing on these first-round quarterbacks. And, you know, I can't remember if he was the last. I know Jamarcus Russell was huge. Uh, You had Bradford, Stafford, those guys. Bradford was the last one. Everybody's
0: bought it since Bradford.
1: Yeah, and so the NFL, they saw a problem that was just like, we're gambling way too much money on these kids that – are not proven and you have, you know, go back as far as Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, there was serious, serious debate on who should be taking number one. Um, Colts hit a home run and of no fault of their own, who wouldn't have picked Ryan, picked Ryan Leaf at number two that year. Everyone would have. And it was just the, and then they're stuck with this huge cap number that they have to pay out.
0: Yeah. And it was, so it, you're, you're, it's very, very good it was actually tragic for the chargers to have the second overall pick in 98 yeah, yeah. and end, end up with ron leaf and all that money that was guaranteed mm-hmm. yeah those- and
1: and yeah and, and hate to pick on the raiders but yeah when they picked marcus russell like yeah i mean back then those those that much money to one player and wh- whether they're a but a complete bust or just serviceable it that still sets your team that's back then it set your team back so so far and so now you're looking when when they change the rule now you're looking at a team like the jets hey well i I think it's stupid but they're still able to do it hey sam Darnold, give them a couple years doesn't work out let's move on to the next person this this person will draft again you have arizona drafting two quarterbacks in the first top five picks or top ten picks two years in a row. Right. The, the the NFL as it usually does, the teams solve their problems at the players' expense. Well
0: said. Very well said. Raj, to to finish to go to the next the next segment of this. Does this now distribute the money for teams that are successful? And let, let me use the Falcons, for example. The Falcons came from kind of nowhere to the, the 17th they lost the Patriots. At the end of that season, they gave Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Devontae Freeman huge contracts for being veterans. Leading. Now, three years later, they face a horrible, horrible, Salary cap problem. Is that the next area? And part of that, is that why we see veteran players moving more and more? Because right now the Falcons have basically said, we're going to move Julio because
2: we can't afford him. Yeah, the window closed. Uh, You know, it's a matter of time, in my opinion, before the NFL realizes this is affecting the product on the field. NFL is – Easily the fastest growing and most popular sport in North America. You know, I I expect them to raise the cap or at least provide some sort of flexibility, some sort of, you know, more franchise tagging, that type of thing. Because, you know, I I mean, it's a catch-22, like Atlanta. You've got one of the greatest receivers, physically probably the most dynamic receiver in history to date, in Julio Jones. And what do you do? You lock him up and New Orleans throws a big off-round at him? you know it, it they have a couple of years until that cap and until that money starts affecting everything else and you know it's on one side you have the patriots where that's their way and they but you know thousands of teams have tried to duplicate their formula and it doesn't work it works for them but also mac jones falls to them at a 15 or whatever. So who knows about that? Hmm. Right. And,
1: and Brady um, always less money. Brady never yes. said I want the most.
2: Exactly. And so, you, you know, I, it's affecting the product on the field, but yes, there's absolutely no question that when you pay that money, it's limited guaranteed. And you have, if you have anything more than two years, it's, it's pretty surprising. There's a reason why Atlanta has been drafting receivers like crazy. Right. Can I ask a question for for the team
1: real quick? So, and I was just, while we were having this discussion, I was just thinking, do you guys think this is part of the reason why the NFL has shifted more to the college-style game is because if you can win one in that quarterback's rookie contract. Good point. And you, you can, or if you can build around them at that salary point, you can win one. Look at what Kansas City did with Mahomes. The Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. He, I mean, and like Arizona is going with Kyler Murray. You think that's a factor, or is that just because these? This is just how the game is evolving.
0: I think it's a hundred percent a factor, and it's just not. Let's not forget Josh Allen. Um, yeah, the Bills went from nowhere to somewhere on his rookie contract, and and right now we're seeing. The Giants threw everything they possibly could at Daniel Jones in free agency and in the draft, trying to get him to succeed in his rookie contract. I think a quarterback has a four-year window in this league now. It's win or you're out, and that's the best you can get. And I also think guys like Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers, uh, to somewhat extent, some of uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who's still, by the way, I'm gripping him. He's still elite <laughs> beyond where Matt Ryan and Ben Roethlisberger is. But those guys are getting a longer window to play. You never thought you would say a team pass on a young quarterback for a 36-year-old quarterback like Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. So I think teams are more willing to to draft younger quarterbacks and with, when they find one to hold them even longer.
1: Right. Yeah, and to just point about the salary cap increase. You're going to look back in about four years and be like, "Whoa, Kansas City stole Mahomes for for this price."
0: Absolutely. You
2: well, baseball might be sorry. ahead of that. Go ahead. Tangentially, you know, good organizations make smart decisions. Kansas City knew when they extended him that they already had Tyreek Hill under contract. Where were they going to be suspect? In the offensive line, guys like Eric Fisher and uh, the guard, I can't remember his name right now, both were due. What did they do? They let him go. They had already had discussions with other teams. They end up somehow getting Orlando Brown uh, from Baltimore, filling another big hole, and thereby, like a guy who's under contract. You know, and if, even if he's not, it's one year. I mean, they are just so smart. And, and Seattle did not do that as an organization. And we could see the after Russell Wilson literally has to be superhuman for them to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's been a poorly run organization. It's not Pete Carroll's fault, of course, because PC is the man. But no, I, I mean, you know, you have to be extremely strategic and have plan A, B, and C in place. And certain organizations do that. And most, like the Raiders, Atlanta to a lesser extent, I mean, they, they just don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle's
1: oh. having uh, Seattle's having Russell Wilson try to make uh, chicken salad after chick out of chicken bleep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is a Titans fan.
2: Nice southernism, I like it. Yeah. Okay. The
0: the Mariotas <laughs> failed. Vince Young failed. What it took for the Titans to be successful was pulling Ryan Tannehill off the scrap heap, basically, at a bargain basement. And then they get elite play at him, and they're able to sign him. And hey, I- don't forget
1: about Jake Locker. Jake Locker also failed spectacularly. Yeah, Jake Locker. He was
0: a list a- of
2: between that guy was. Sorry, Pac-12 guy. They need to stop drafting Pac-12 quarterbacks. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Locker. I didn't see at all. Mariota, I thought was a good college quarterback. Apparently, he's worth eight million dollars as a backup to the Raiders, but. Uh, You know, yeah, Tannehill kind of gave that element of play action, just took a little bit off, enough off. And then you got AJ Brown, but yeah, I mean you got Derrick Henry, it wasn't rocket science like give that dude the ball. He's a monster truck. But yes, your point remains.
0: Derrick Henry was a second round pick. So you've got a second round pick and a free agent quarterback that's leading this franchise to the AFC championship game two years ago. A disappointing year last year, I think. Robbie, is that fair?
1: Um, you know, make the playoffs. Is it? I mean, coming off the AFC Championship game loss with the lead, is it disappointing? As a, we're just conditioned to go seven and nine. So um, anything above that, so that's like, if you're if you're if you're a C plus B minus student and you make a B, you know, you can live with it. Um, well yeah, I think the Titans I mean the Titans fell into that uh, uh, just the, yeah the decade long of bad quarterback play. And if it wasn't for the Titans owner, Bud Adams being such a Texas guy, it would have been Matt Liner, Locker, Yee-hoo! Mariota. it would have it would have been all you know, all Pac twelve quarterbacks there in a row.
0: And let's <laughs> let's not forget Matt Liner. Uh, did he not beat Peyton in the playoffs when they were 14-2 and and was 14-0 and at one point? Who would USC quarterback beat him in the playoffs? That would have been Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, I mean.
1: Yeah. Hey, Sanchez won the two AFC championship games in a row, I think.
2: He's legit, dude. He got a bad rap as well. Again, the Jets are the common denominator. Shocker. Yeah, that organization is terrible. The reason you you root for Darnold getting out of there. He's lucky. I'm happy for him. We all are.
0: All right. So, guys, we're going to do Robbie's bonus uh, because, frankly, I'm interested in this and I want to hear your opinions. So, we got a bonus topic. We kind of tacked on to this. None of us researched, but I really, truly am interested in this because recently I posted on River City Media a media survey. Where does the next Major League Baseball team need to go? And uh, this works perfectly into this. So when Robbie sent this, I hadn't thought of it as a topic, but it made a lot of sense because I had some strong opinion at the time. Um, uh, The teams that that were heavily voted on and was heavily swayed towards the next major league teams, Nashville, Las Vegas, Charlotte, And then they were a couple that I didn't necessarily agree with. But I think out of that group are maybe the most logical place that the A's could go. Also, there was a talk about going back to Montreal, which I think was a horrible failure. But if the A's leave Oakland, where would you like to go, Robbie?
1: Um. Yeah, uh so I wrote down the top four that I've heard mentioned. You you brought them up, and I'll go through some pros and cons and then personally where um I think they fit best. So so the top four top four Vegas, Nashville, Charlotte, and you said Montreal. Um, those are the top four I've been hearing also. Um I like them in all of those spots. Um I think so. Vegas makes the most sense to me because well, one, it's just a hotbed. I think they will raise the most public funding for a stadium, which is huge for any owner wanting to move. Public, public, yeah, <laughs> public through private payers, taxpayers. Uh, but and I think you have a logical Raiders, A's, North Bay Area, California, just kind of fan excitement. That's there. A lot of transplants from California moved to Vegas, especially now people are moving. Um, So I think that makes the most logical and it keeps the divisions intact. You don't have to mess with the divisions, the scheduling. It just makes a lot of sense. Um, Next on the list, I think I think Nashville is ready for a baseball team. You have a you have a you have a small circle. Um, so I don't think a national league team would work there. I think you have too many built-in Cardinals, Reds, Braves fans, and I don't think you're gonna get enough. So I like it being an AL team. So you have you can keep your NL original teams that you grew up with and go have an AL team. So I like that. The one thing that worries me about Nashville though is they're getting a major league soccer team brand new. Is there just is there enough in Nashville to Maintain fanhood for everyone. Is there enough money there? Um, I think there is, but that would be a concern I'd have if I was moving a team there. Um, Nashville will probably um, fund a lot of the. They'll do. They don't give as much as Vegas would, but I think that uh, Nashville would spend some money. I think Charlotte may spend the most money because they they seem to be a good market. Also, they've got the Hornets and Panthers. Who um, I mean. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's huge fandom there, um, unless they're good. So that would worry me about being a baseball team. And you relocate. I guess Nashville, you still have Houston and Texas. It's kind of in the middle of the country, so the, you wouldn't have to split up the divisions or change the divisions. You go to Charlotte or Montreal, and you do have to realign everything. That's my big thing, why that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I think they're going to Vegas. And uh, while I'd like to see him in Nashville, personally, I think Vegas makes the most sense. And it's just another thing to do when we're in Vegas.
0: (laughs) I I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think Nashville is necessarily a baseball city. And I don't know if when the Titans moved into Nashville, it has a very – Small fan base. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing my Falcons jersey. Atlanta is really a Lano team. It's not original. It's not a regional team. Like that built in market. I don't know if the Braves don't have a stronger hold on that area than the Falcons ever did. So that, that concerns me. American team, though. I hadn't thought of that,
2: though.
0: If Bobby, I may, about, like,
2: if. I mean, I agree with the ALs just because pitching is hard. And if you start a new organization, much better to have a DL and win 14 to 11 than 2 to 1. Much easier as well, organizationally speaking. Uh, You know, you're talking about minor league system. I understand the A's would be transferring, if you will. Um, You know, the A's are just like the Raiders. There is an extremely large, loyal fan base. The city is broke. They're not going to do anything. That stadium is the worst stadium I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Um, it's you know it was, had an it was a one. dump ten years ago when I was there. Uh, dude, it was a dump thirty-five years ago when I was there. Uh, wait, I'm not that old, am I? Maybe. Um, uh, I was know, Raiders, How old are you? That's irrelevant. Erroneous. Erroneous. Objection. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, you know, the Raiders, if they made the playoffs, we'd have to hope the A's or even if they didn't, the A's didn't because that way they'd get rid of the infield. I mean, this is not the seventies where there's multi-purpose stadiums with that. That's Oakland just doesn't have the money. And, and, you know, I, it's very difficult in baseball to build a successful organization. And presumably if Oakland moved to Nashville, it would be an organizational change, you know, ethos. Everything about the organization because there would have to be a ton of money to get them there. Um, I personally think Nashville is by it is the best, but I'm biased. Obviously, Vegas is gonna generate the most money. Um, you know, I, I think you know, Tennessee is very friend corporationally friendly uh in terms of you know, no state tax, tax credits, grants, loans, opportunity zone programs. There's tons of reasons why Tennessee, especially Nashville, is blowing up. And every baseball stadium is gonna sell. 80 corporate suites and whatnot, you know, and if they win, it's a transplant city like Atlanta and LA. So they're going to be fine. I think there's enough sports fans in here. Baseball in Tennessee is massive that people in Nashville would just need something to, to hold on to. I mean, it said the same thing about hockey and look at the predators.
1: Yeah, um, the one, oh, I oh, sorry.
2: No, go ahead. I
1: was going to say the one pushback I would give on, on that. Uh, and y'all have both been to, to games, at least the Titans games. I'm not sure if you've been to the Predators games, but the Predators. So it is, there was not a, there was no Nash, there was no hockey fans in Nashville before the Predators came. So they, I mean, they built in hardcore with the Predators. You go to Predators games, it's all Predators, exactly, Maybe except, for, except, but, uh, but so. You go to a Titans game, everyone had their, their NFL team growing up. You go to a Titans game, it's about 70, 30, 60, 40 away fans. That would be yeah. my concern with the baseball. Now, you'll still, if you're still selling out the stadium, if you're an owner, do you care who's at the game as long as you're selling out making money?
2: Hey, that's the NFL. People like the three of us that have loyal teams, and we've been fans for, you know, four, 35 years, however old I am. You know, I'm not switching no matter what. Most people aren't like that. And you put a team in their hometown, especially one that's, well, I guess the A's would be transferring there, but they're a fairly successful organization. You know, I think people in Tennessee, especially Tennessee, you know, it's not like Vegas. I mean, look at the sports in Tennessee. Look at, I don't, I've never seen the type of loyalty and fandom that I've seen, that I've seen in, in the state of Tennessee or in the South in general. So you give like the only baseball team you know, within five hours driving of Atlanta. Atlanta is also a transplant transient city. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think it would crush it. You'd get a huge, like, tri-state area. You know, I think people would be loyal. It would be a brand-new state-of-the-art stadium, luxury boxes. I, I would love it, and I think people in Nashville would as well. Yeah,
1: plus Tennessee fans are used to losing, so, I mean.
2: Exactly, yeah. so no big deal. They suck. We're like, we got this. This is what we
1: do. Tomato, tomato.
0: That's uh, interesting <laughs> because I, I, I guess I assumed that Las Vegas would get an MLB team, an NBA team, because it, it makes the most sense, and and it's a tourist destination. But I question whether Las Vegas is going to be able to support the fan loyalty. And that's the only thing that I've ever wondered. Um, obviously, they've done well with the Raiders, but I don't know why, but I'll, I automatically assume Charlotte would be the next city to get um, a major league team. But, Robbie, to your point, the Panthers and the Hornets seem more of a regional thing and not really that popular in Charlotte. It seems... Especially the Panthers, things like South Carolina, North Carolina. Well, they will scare this NFL team.
1: Yeah, well, and we've all uh, we all spend a lot of time in Knoxville, and um, as student-wise, it I believe it is obviously Tennessee, then Virginia, then I think North Carolina, as far as the student body. Watch. You go to a, a sports bar on a Sunday. You don't see you see more Bengals gear than you do.
2: Pantry right. like
1: they just don't and like you would think in chattanooga we have a bunch of people from north carolina or up in that region that live here yeah i just don't find that like they're not the scc you know it's more of a basketball town than uh and there's a really no i guess the, the and even the nationals are new like the baltimore orioles but it just seems like a weird part of the country to put i feel like you're almost moving from oakland to the oakland of the east coast
2: Good point. It does feel that way. And that's more mid-Atlantic, really, a transplant city than, you know, (laughs) deep south. And uh, I I get it, too. North Carolina is a little different. A lot of spillover from many different states. So, yeah, I mean, it's all going to come down to the money. So it doesn't really matter who are going to be the best fans. I think we all have established we believe it would be Nashville. But um, you know, baseball needs money, and they need market share, and they need visibility, and unfortunately, Las Vegas is going to eyeballs.
0: Rob waiting on Robbie. Where would you like to see an NFL team and an NBA team? And I'll throw mine at you. I would love to see an NBA
2: team back in Seattle. Seattle for sure. Seattle. They they were good fans, man. They got dined oh. out. They were they were good fans. They that was a terrible and
0: thing. In the NFL, I've always felt like Portland would be a natural rival for that West Coast. So I always thought maybe Portland for an NFL team because the NFL feels a little, especially leaving Vegas. The NFL beginning to feel, or with the Raiders leaving California, the NFL feels. Still a little East Coast heavy. I think I would like to see another team out on the West Coast somewhere. So that would be my two. Um, Where would you like to see an NFL team at, Raj And Robbie, next question. NBA, NFL, where would you like to see
2: teams? I think it comes down to who can support it, really, like we discussed. And and who's got the money. Um, You know, San Diego had – I don't blame San Diego fans. If you've ever lived in San Diego like I have and Rob has, it's 75 degrees every freaking day.
1: Randall's the lived there, suck, there.
2: We've all Oh, lived there. Randall has to yeah. rehab. My bad. Yeah. Randall had know. more of a... You know, it's... If the team sucked, I, I okay, I'm just going to walk down to the beach. Like, a million other things to do. San Diego, though, does have a very loyal constituency. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people born and raised from that area. You know, look at the Padres right now. They built a new stadium. They they condensed it. They dropped uh, attendance down by 20 grand or so. Uh, don't quote me on that. And they've done very well. And the team has money now, and, and they're going after it. Um, you know, with the right market, you know, another reason why the Chargers left was also because of the Murph, Qualcomm, whatever you want to call it. It's like Oakland Alameda Coliseum. It's a super outdated stadium. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, public money is just not there. So... I think San Diego deserves a team just because I know the personalities are so distinct in Southern California between San Diego, LA, you name it. Um, You know, a lot of people say San Antonio. I'm not a big fan of the European suggestion. Portland is a good idea, Um, you know, because it's a fact. Oregon and Washington, they don't like each other at all. Uh, Would make sense with the two LA teams. And maybe the middle of the country, you put it, you know, traveling wise and whatnot. I know St. Louis is there. Put a team in Kansas or Nebraska. You don't think they'd sell out? What else is there to do? Uh, again, I know it's about marketing and putting eyes on the TV. But um, yeah, I, I would go San Diego. Ironically enough. Interesting, Robbie. How about you?
1: So, uh, Raj brought up some good points. Yeah. So this is kind of a two-level question. Is it? Hey, where do I think the team would be most appreciated in selling out and have the best fans, or is it TV markets? Well, I've said different questions I've said for right. years. If I if if you take TV out of it, if I'm an NFL owner, I'm I'm going down to Birmingham and I'm putting a team in Birmingham in a football crazed state, and I'm getting them to change their alcohol laws, so they can sell on Sundays and uh, I'm taking that hey, just the wanting to watch the Alabama, the All. I mean, that's Paul Feinbaum made a career of just talking about Alabama and Auburn football all year long. Like it's insane there. And so that's where it almost like the Packers mentality of yeah, this is y'all's, this is the state's team and go for it. Um, but that that TV market, I mean, you got Nashville, Atlanta, New Orleans. Air, my all that South is taken up. And so it doesn't have any value for the NFL to want to go there um, TV wise. So, um, and I agree with living in Southern California. I hate the Chargers. Uh, they beat the Titans about seven times in a row and I've hated them ever since all that. So I, I hated going to the charge game. I hate living in San Diego, dealing with Chargers fans, but they are passionate and Qualcomm was a dump and it was. It like you couldn't you couldn't sell somebody on, hey, go watch this game live in this horrible stadium versus watching it on TV in front of your your in your house or at the bar. <laughs> there was just no reason to go to Qualcomm. And so and ultimately Spanos got tired of it. And so uh, and but they are loyal fans and they they were the ones that went were rowdy, so It is a shame San Diego doesn't have a NFL team, so I think that's a good market. Um, And then NBA, yes, Seattle just makes so much sense, and that goes with the Portland Seattle rivalry. Yes, those those two states aren't aren't they? It's almost like Tennessee and Alabama. I mean, obviously not as. is you know intense i don't think but it is very much the same as yeah you're from across that line and, and don't come into our line uh, exactly. kansas
2: city has been highly discussed for nba
1: mm-hmm, i could see that
2: I mean, just and, need the right amount of t boone pickens warren buffett bill jill Gajillionaire to to come in there and help out
1: well and, and I've, I've i've always thought i mean like there's 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 market research behind these leagues they're trying to start where these college town obsessed fan groups there's a market they just have to get enough money to start the league and get it run. That the the attention hasn't really been the problem, it's been the running out of money has been the problem. A good point. If you're listening, Jeff Bezos.
0: I went to games in St. Louis. I, I drove up to St. Louis. That was a good football city, but it was a very bad facility. It was so – the if you were in the the RCA Dome, you were in St. Louis. And it was it, – I had no heart, no feel. And, you know, I'm not a huge Stag fan, but one thing I've always said is Adelphia has a feel. It has a – an NFL feel to it. It's different. It looks different. I think some of these cities look like St. Louis could support an NFL team. I just think their their ideals of what a stadium was 20 years ago was very bad. But, back to your point, Robbie, they were the number one attended team in the Spring League. Raj, go ahead.
2: As a technicality, that's what Robbie and I do. The RCA Dome was in in Indianapolis? It was. I believe it was like – I think it was like the TWA Dome or Edward Jones Dome. Uh, it was Randall Edward doesn't Jones deserve this. Louis. He's got sh- – okay, there you go. And, well, thank you. And it's
1: Nissan Stadium in Nashville, not Adelphia. Adelphia was the original one. I think it's I'm been still through still a couple still. of different names since yeah, then.
0: Yeah, I'm still on Adelphia. Hey, i – We're stuck in the past, man. I'm-, I'm, to- I'm still the Georgia dominant man. I, but you're right, supposed to,
1: how, how are we gonna get sponsorships with all these mispronounce misuse of name brands?
0: <laughs> I actually, RCA Dome in Indianapolis was the same as the TWA Dome in St. Louis. That comparison I actually meant.
1: Yeah. Well, PSA rest- for Stadium: Do not build a dome, a hard dome, unless you absolutely have to. Retractable roof it, or go outdoors. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Last question on this subject, guys. Will we ever see an NFL team in London?
1: Oh, is this? Well, so. This is our product. I think there's a reason why Jacksonville signed Tebow, and I think there's a reason why they're the team that's going to play the most games in London. Um, Will they ever move? Probably not, but could you see a four home game, four home game, hybrid? Um, I I think Jacksonville is definitely putting the feelers out there and seeing, hey, what kind of uh, of publicity does this get, and can we be the team of Europe? Um, and but and but the, well, does COVID affect this? Because you already have the Blue Jays that are having to play in the States and can't travel. Um, I don't know if this, if this derails that movement, but you know, you know what the NFL, I mean, NFL's main goal is print money.
2: That's it. Yeah. dude. There are so many expats in Europe, let alone in London. There's a reason why they had European football leagues there. Um, You know, my personal feeling is until technology evolves a bit, meaning that, like, until we have a bullet flight type thing other than British Airways or a spaceship, because it's very difficult logistically. You know, the NFL has to basically plan three weeks out for a game uh, across the pond, meaning that they have to have a strategic game divisionally for the team that's at home before they go to London. Then they travel out. They have to adjust to, what, five hours from the East Coast, from the West Coast, eight hours. A time difference. And then when they come back, you know, usually teams aren't playing on that Sunday. It's got to be their bye. So logistically, it's a nightmare. And until that can change, I don't see it. But I think it, you know, I think it's a matter of time. Well,
1: you know, you, what about the thought of this is going to be the NFL's, we're taking more of the cake. We're expanding the season. We're going to, we're stretching it out longer.
0: Yeah.
1: And they already started it. Yeah, like that that would be my thought. Is like, yeah, we don't care. We whenever we're on TV, we're the game in town. And so
2: Yeah. I agree. That's something I didn't think of, and you're right. You're absolutely right. The the
0: Falcons are signed up for one of these guys this year. And I was on a a call with some other people. My friend Howie was. And It really is almost nightmare situation. If you try to play and come back within a week, you really do, as Rod said. Probably so, and I think that's that's going to affect the Falcons this year. They're giving up a home game to play in London, playing nine games, games, game in London. So odd quirk of the scheduling they end up on the road 10 times and at home seven times and this week it was announced that tim tebow will be signing a one-year deal with the jacksonville jaguars
1: for fans is this for um so i think um Mr. Khan is living in the spotlight right now. And he wants all of it he can get. Um, I think, and er- Urban Meyer is an ego-driven person, too. And the more attention in Jacksonville, the better. I think that it's going to help Trevor Lawrence as a much. Because if he doesn't have, if he has a bad game, oh, why didn't Tebow get to play? Why didn't? Tebow, what kind of package are you going to put him in? There's – and for whatever reason, I don't understand it. There, I mean, that guy just draws so much attention and so polarizing. And I don't really understand why people care so much. But they, I was on my drive to Middle Tennessee today. They were talking about in a minor league game in baseball, there was like 500 people in the left field or right field, whichever one he was playing, to watch him just – sit there and do nothing. And it's just – it's mind-blowing, but it's just an attention grab. And, I mean, look, if you're a Jacks, I don't know what the league minimum is, uh, but that's what – if he – if so you sign him, he's going to try out. You'll pay – he's probably going to make the team. And you pay him the minimum contract, that's worth so much money in jersey sales and ticket sales. Um, Gardner Minshew, though, he's wearing number 15 right now. I'd be writing – I'd be like, oh, this price of this number 15 is going up and up and up every day if Tebow wants to buy it. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's follow the money. That's the answer to this question. It it is not about football. He can't play – he couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. He can't play tight end. He can't play front of it. This is awful. He's – I can't remember whose quote I'm borrowing right now, but if it was Kelsey – uh, I'm messing up. It was the three best tight ends in the league. Uh, they still would have done this. Santibo's Tibo's pra- number five tight end, get some publicity.
2: Rock. Everyone needs something to believe in. You know, when I was in India in 1998, I was in a small town in Gujarat, and my family, if you can't sell alcohol on a certain day. We don't like it. So over there, you can kind of crease somebody or whatnot. And it wasn't one of those days. And I asked, what's going on here, guy? And the guy was like, I could use an Indian accent here, but if Hank Azaria feels like he shouldn't say Apu anymore, I probably shouldn't. Although for the record, most Indians, like my parents think Apu is hilarious. But the dude was like, you know, Billy Graham is going to be here. So I just did it. Uh, And you know, there are (laughs) 500,000 people. White guys can't laugh at that. Uh, Literally. 500,000 people, there's a massive Christian population in India. Why connect the dots? You know, no pun intended, oh, that's bad. Um, I've lived in
1: Tennessee too
2: long. The point is, people need something to believe in. You know, I didn't like <laughs> Tim tebow initially, but just because of Randall's trying not to show his smile, but hey, dude, it's my bad. Um, you know, why? Then I asked, why don't I like him? Oh, because he's good, because he does the right thing, because, you know, it wasn't his fault there was a camera in his face at all times. He's a role model, man, and, and he did well under the biggest spotlight. Like, and I mean that literally, not like from a heaven down, like, basically. Um, you know, there's what's wrong with the guy? He makes no bones. He doesn't boast. He doesn't say, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. I mean, He's just a great teammate and a kid that performs under pressure. So, I get it. I guess now he's like, I'm old, so he must be old, too. Like, what is he, like 40 or something? 35? Tebow? 33. Yeah, younger. Okay. But, uh, you know, sure, is it publicity in nature?
1: Randall could have kids that old.
2: No, no, no. He probably does. He's not aware of it. I'm still on um, the connect the dots on
0: it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the point is... You know, I, I when I ask people, it's like, why do you not like him? Give me one good reason. Most people can't.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I don't think there's any reason to not like him. It's just, I mean, he seems like a good guy. And I, well, I mean, he doesn't do anything fun. I probably wouldn't like to hang out with him, but
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <that> would <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't dislike him. <laughs> I bet he's worse than Randall at fantasy football, though. Yeah. But he drafts probably. So that's the problem that's right what
0: and i I, i'm hesitant to ask this question but you have to because it was the first reaction i had does it say about the nfl that debo has a job and kaepernick doesn't or was it kaepernick's
1: You cut out on that last bit and he's out. Raj, you want to take this first? You want me to? Go ahead. Um, I think you... Oh, well, we'll get him to clarify his question. He's coming back.
2: Uh, I think we look, get the, sorry, the, gist but the gist of it. Is there any more?
0: There's Amber Alert in the Oliver Springs and evidently... I that saw happened. that,
2: yeah. I saw that as well. God, So
0: does it say anything about the NFL that Tebow has a job and Kaepernick doesn't or Kaepernick could have got a job and his Atlanta workout turned into a, just a circus. What does it say? Does it say something bad about Kaepernick or something good about Tebow or does it say nothing about the NFL?
1: It says everything about the NFL. It says that. They will welcome a circus if it's a circus on their terms. They will not welcome a circus if it's a circus on someone else's terms. There is not a person that knows football that can argue Tebow is a better was a better NFL quarterback than Kaepernick. Um, but yeah, like they don't want people. They don't want people pulling sponsorships for whatever reason. Hey, there's Nike and there's a few other progressive companies and they stuck by Kaepernick and they are on the right side of things. There are a lot of other companies that are just silent and they're okay with that. But the owners of these teams don't want to put those companies that are silent in awkward positions because they will pull the money. I can assure you the only thing that these owners want more than these billion-dollar toys is to keep their billion dollars and allow them to buy billion-dollar toys. And so this says everything about the NFL. It's not about Kaepernick. It's not about T-Boat, It's just about the NFL. They will not rock the boat in rocky waters. They want high tides to rise all their boats. And that's what Tebow does for him. More, I couldn't believe it. I was I was at home sick today for most of the day. Half of the sport sports talk shows were all about a a fifth string tight end who probably won't even make the team or will make it only because of his name. Oh, this is a cash cow for them. That that it is all about the NFL.
0: Does he make the team no matter his ability?
1: I mean, well doesn't matter they yeah. they've got the NBA playoffs are about to start the NFL's dominating the story
2: okay I mean if you have him you can probably get rid of the team chaplain you know salary wise in terms of the organization uh, you know he does he, he's still fast and physically he was always gifted put him on special teams he's an emergency quarterback emergency tight end. I'd keep him. I mean Urban knows what he's doing. Urban had a lot of other players at Florida that he was loyal to and, and could have put in this position, but I agree with Robbie one hundred percent. It's you know, it wouldn't have it's a circus when Tebow gets signed. You know, we say it is with Kaepernick, but it's only a circus to those that perceive it that way. You, you know, it, it's the same amount of eyes and, and cameras on him. And I uh yeah, I think that was a great question. And I think Robbie and I could both speak on that for many, many hours. And I think we both are, come from the same perspective, and that there's no doubt that there's a reason why Tim Tebow is employed and Colin Kaepernick is not. And it has nothing to do with performance.
1: Well, I mean, Des Bryant, his 30 year old receiver, can't get a job. I mean, it's not just Kaepernick. It, like, there's different levels of people to make. Them uncomfortable. I mean, let's be real. It's not. It's not a. Shouldn't be a hot take. Like they don't want controversy. Polarization
0: is expensive. Yeah. So my follow up question would be: Did Ricky Williams do enough? You know, Ricky Williams left. I felt like he was ostracized from the NFL. Came back later a remake of himself. If you're a player that is ostracized, Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown to some extent, way different than Kaepernick's situation. Is there a point where you can, you have to remake yourself to get another shot? Just let's take Josh Gordon. He's gotten five shots and four failed drug tests. Understand it's a completely different environment. But does talent outweigh that risk at some point?
2: No. My opinion no, because professionally speaking, there's enough guys to kind of fill the void. Again, you wreck the boat, you cost an owner and teams money potentially. You know, I hesitate to put Josh Gordon in Ricky Williams' class because Ricky w- Williams is now like a holistic holistic healer. He believed in the medicinal benefits of, and we don't want to go pro versus con, but, you know, of uh, uh, the smoke, he said, is something that God put on the earth for you and me to enjoy, take advantage. Uh, you know, he, he didn't just say, I smoke weed, like Josh Gordon more or less seems to have said. He, he talked about the medicinal benefits, you, you know, holistic, like I said, spiritual and whatnot, you you know, Ricky Williams took a stand and Ricky Williams was a guy though, that didn't need really to, to, to be defined by the NFL. If you will, he did come back and try to play the game, but he also stopped that as well. Um, Josh Gordon is just, you know, I think a dude that is a bit stubborn and like, you know, I can smoke weed. Nobody's going to stop me. I'm still the fastest dude on earth. Um, you know Ricky Williams was a pretty principled dude. Now I don't want to put him in the same, you know, category as Colin Kaepernick when it comes to principle. But you know, Kaepernick. Part of me believes that that there was a footprint there, and, and that Kaepernick, without Ricky Williams taking a stand and being like, you know, forget you, you know, I'm gonna do what I want. Kaepernick, you know, maybe not have would have maybe not would have, you know been as ostentatious that's probably not the right word but you know ricky williams wore a dress on espn.com with dick uh, he didn't care man he, that, and that was part of the point of kaepernick it's a different era now uh, but you, you know long story short performance is irrelevant when it comes to controversy If
1: yeah. that makes sense and i'd uh, we we did we weren't going to talk about this, so we're kind of going here. And I don't. I, I'm trying to go off of my memory about Ricky Williams. My and I could be wrong, but my thought you know, memory is that Ricky Williams never got suspended. He just said, "I am going to retire because I prefer to smoke weed over play football." Um, and so that's a choice. Uh, and and and. And even today, like you know, 10 years, 15 years later, that's a whole different society has changed on that. What Josh, it's like your best ability is always availability. And so Josh Gordon, because NFL drug tests, they're not drug tests. They're stupid tests. And so you know when they're coming and if you can't pass them, then you're just, you're just too stupid to play the game. And, and I think that's where it came into Josh Gordon's failure in the NFL was: you can't be available, you can't be trusted to be there because you keep failing these drug tests. And, oh my gosh, they have to be mapped out. Are you trying to, like? It's naive to think that most of the NFL don't use marijuana. Um, so yeah, like there would be positive tests on every team. It'd be like the COVID test. Like, yeah, it. It's a stupid test. And so if you keep failing the stupid test, then yeah, you're, you're controversy does outweigh your ability. Sorry, I
0: was experimenting with our internet wave a little bit. Sounds, I think I found something just then. I took my vibration through our feedback box here. But, um, I'm not necessarily in the same political field but it does feel me that's back I mean I am one of the sh- and,
1: and well, right. you're cutting in, you're cutting in and out randall uh Hold on.
0: any better yeah. Okay. So um, we lost Raj too, um, but I, I thought that was a great segment. Um, let's see if we can get Raj back real fast, Robbie. Why we're waiting on Raj? And somehow I'm I, I might have kicked him off by accident there trying to fix our sound problem. And, and we're not going to get into it tonight. But since we're talking about it, what does the Kentucky Derby test failure say about? I mean, is this going to be a career? I mean, is this take away everything that he's accomplished?
1: What it shows is winning five Tour de Frances in a row is hard. Hitting seventy-three home runs in a year is hard. Hitting 70 home runs in a year is hard. Hitting 66 home runs in a year is hard. Um, running a 100-meter race in 9.4 seconds is hard. Almost impossible. So when people start doing things that have never been done before, you got to question the legitimacy of them. And so, yes, it it puts it all into question. He's won seven t- Kentucky Derbies. No one's done that. So and now yeah, like eventually you get caught, allegedly. Um but yeah like yes it makes you question everything. Uh, it could be a false positive. It could be a positive. And then now what the narrative because I can tell you this horse racing benefits a lot from having a triple crown participant and so they don't want this test positive and I hate to be the don't trust anything but i'm i'm a follow the money person i just am uh I, I, like th- there's such insane incentive to cheat in that sport and so yeah like it, it, you're testing a horse man like uh <laughs> there's so yes yeah, someone came and threw some hay in uh oh i'd see aaron i forgot about mettenberger i forgot we had him as a titans quarterback too oh yeah man the titans went through some bad times <laughs> but yeah uh but yeah no yeah it makes it the, his reign is the top trainer i mean i i was here a Everything that's in the horse's system is on the trainer. And so they've got to know. And he started off saying he didn't. There was no way that drug was in him. And now today his lawyer put out a statement saying, hanging, hiding behind people of Raj's ilk, putting out a crafted statement that says, oh, yeah, it may have been this medicine. We didn't know that at the time. Raj, I can't hear you. Oh, hold on. We got Raj muted. Muted you. Yeah, now you're good. All right, sweet. Now
2: I'm good. Bob I, I Baffert I some
0: horrible is feedback coming, so I, I logged off to get a clean signal.
2: Stupid internet truck outside again. Um, no, this know, was he, just something stupid started happening. Uh, is
1: your daughter on the Wi-Fi again?
2: Probably. She's playing among us. Um, this was surprising, because normally when Bob Baffert is an issue of controversy, it, it's not for something this blatant and obvious otomax has a clear steroid in it beta methadone i mean i'm you know it's topical i think so i i, I mean i was shocked by this because this is not something that would enhance performance per se i mean i guess it's not like bonds injecting his head and it increasing eight sizes but he knows better you know it's it, it I, I was very surprised by this. As I said, ordinarily when Bob Affert uh, spites controversy, in spites, incites controversy, excuse me, uh, it, it's nothing like this. I mean, he knows post-race tests and whatnot, you know. And I was very surprised by this. He, I think they called it environmental contamination, which uh, I don't know about that. But when Robbie said. You know, he said it right. I mean, you follow the money. And uh, very few sports have more money riding on it than this one. And no one has been more successful as a trainer than Bob Baffert.
1: Very nicely done on the medical terms or the or the prescription terms. I like that. Can you be a doctor? I'm,
2: well, I am Indian. But the closest thing I get to being a doctor, aside from, like, my mom, sister, brother-in-law, dad, uncle, is that uh, I work for a company that sells band aids? So,
1: you, you should hear me trying to pronounce medical terms in a deposition. It's embarrassing. I'm just like, Josh, <laughs> what, what does this say? How do you pronounce this? And that's got an effect to, as well.
0: Personally, say I still haven't recovered from the follow the dot
2: comment. I'm. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it was, was connect the good. dots. Connect. If you're going to uh, give me. Credit for racist things that only the brown guy can say. Give me a full and appropriate credit. I would appreciate that. It.
0: That that made my day. So, all right, guys, we got about ten minutes here, and I'm sorry, everybody. It was we just dropped for some reason. Every now and then we'll do that, but let's get to our bet or nuts segment. Um, I may be off, but I have Raj at four and zero. Oh. Have you lost a bet? Your nuts yet?
2: I did. I lost one when I wasn't prepared. And- No excuses. We don't make excuses in life. I picked uh, the over in Saddle and Houston, and the under came in. It was that night. I was like, I looked at the pitchers, and I'm like, oh they more than five, five and a half
0: runs. So I'm actually three and one. Okay, so Robbie, you're three and one. I'm three and one, and Raj is three and one. So I'm tied with you guys. Yeah. um, When is that ever the case? That's never the case. That's bad
2: company to keep. So, I know, I dude. I'm, first, I'm struggling.
0: And I'm going to finally reveal. Uh, I'm going to reveal my somebody's on River City Media saying hi to us. I have no idea who that is. Uh, I'm going to talk about the fight, uh, Benny versus Ferguson. So I listened to my guy, MMA Guru. I listened to a couple of podcasts, and all three of them had the fight going the same way. And it was almost, I walked into this fight earlier in the week. And to be honest with you, I felt like, okay, Benny's there to be a sacrificial lamb for Tony Ferguson to get corrected again. And Then I started listening to the guys who was like, why are they fighting three rounds? And why is Tony Ferguson fighting this gauntlet? Why is this? Why is that? And it strangely started to make sense to me. That really, these two guys have changed spots. Dana White wants Benny to win this fight. I believe Benny would be a huge draw to the UFC right now. Um, I think it's a good matchup for Benny. And all three of my guys I listen to when I prepare my predictions for the fight night show predicted it the same way. 29, 28. Three rounds, unanimous decision, Benny over Tony Ferguson. That round decision will get you about plus 400. Slight favorite in the fight. So play it both ways, and you could really clean up. But my bet your nuts is straight up. He gets him somehow. That's my bets the nuts for the week. But I really do think it's going to distance.
2: And Rob... I'm going to go before you because, number one, you're the closer when it comes to gambling due to your lack of soul and uh, uh, wallet that is unlimited or limitless wallet. That's what I was looking for. A, a <laughs> I will. Um, you know, I, I agree with you. That's why I went here. You know, Tony Ferguson is – it's just a a battle of contrasting styles. I know they're both technically heavy strikers and whatnot, but like I said with Benny, you leave a window open, he's a smart fighter. He's very poised, uh, intelligent. You know, he, he sees things in milliseconds. You know, I guess like if somebody that smoked too much weed sees things in milliseconds, Benny doesn't smoke weed, but that's what he reminds me of, like theoretically. He's just an extremely intelligent poised fighter. And for a guy that can be kind of a, a wild card, it's usually not a good matchup. Meaning that, you know, he's 20 and four, I believe. And he learned his lesson a couple of times from Hernandez, from I think his second fight was that, uh, Ramsey, Nijem, who, you know, now if they fought, he would basically destroy him, but he got caught, man. I mean, and, and that's UFC. And I think Benny, after and Alexander he was- Hernandez...
0: He was wearing bandas well, out in that fight and got caught, if I remember correctly.
2: Absolutely the case. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I don't, you know, Benny and I are cool, but um, I'm not going to be that guy. I don't know what his day to day is like. I don't know what his preparation is like. Like I said, he's very passionate about many things, mainly like helping other people. Um, but I know he's also an extremely brilliant, trained, dedicated fighter. And, um, I'll take him any day over a guy. You know, Ferguson's 37. He's got the reach. If Ferguson was 27, yeah, I mean, maybe it'd be a little different. But, you know, this is a guy – I just think a bad matchup for Ferguson. Now, knock on wood, I, the only thing I probably ever won at betting-wise was betting on Benny because he was considered the underdog, but mainly because he's not the guy that – we'll start talking trash and, you know, the Hulk Hogan, like, oh yeah, like I am a real, he's not that guy. Um, But you're right. I think this fight was specifically targeted, you know, by Dan White and the powers that be. And uh to put up or shut up at least Ferguson. And I commend him both for taking the fight. And literally, like, I think it's the most intriguing fight of the night. But my bet you're nuts is on my boy. Benny minus 170. But even if we go straight up, you know, I just like the, the advantage in terms of the way his mind works.
1: All right. So, so each of y'all took one side of the five, right?
2: No. Right. We're all, we're all He's just
1: going to take the other to be a contrarian. Okay. No, we're no, on the no. same side. Oh, no, you're on the same side. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to give some people a bet tomorrow – to fund their wager on the fight on Saturday.
0: There you go. Come
1: so, here. as we all are aware in sports, these are all professional athletes. And so, when a star goes down, you can win the next game, but you're not going to get better. Yeah. Well, the Padres are in a great situation tomorrow because they're playing two. So, I don't know if you. Got-
2: before you re- say this, uh, Tatis Jr. tested positive for COVID today.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah that, that's that's the point. So he's down. Oh, so they're going to rally around Tatis being out, and so they've got you, Darvish in the first game, and Blake Snell in the second game. So I'm going to two-team parlay. Padres win both games tomorrow. Yeah, it, it's so so you can you can so kids listen what's to this. That? You can get money. You can drink and watch baseball all day. And um, it it's in sixty-eight, sixty-six uh for opening pitch, perfect San Diego weather, padres, win both games. That's a parlay. Use that money, bet on whatever they said, and then we'll talk to you next week when you got some money in your pockets. <laughs> He's convincing, man. He's a
2: good attorney. I'm like, right, I'll bet on San Diego.
0: www.lenny.com. So, throw one out there for a boy who was joking about a GoFundMe the other day.
1: Yeah, but, that's right. Uh,
0: again, I, I want to make my final shot. Um, I want to thank everyone. We broke 12,000 interactions in 28 days today. Uh, that's a number that I did not plan on breaking for a very long time. Uh-huh. Uh, that's uh, last week's just kind of run of a mill, yeah. you know, draft recap show 16. I didn't tell you guys 1,600 views last week on just a normal show. Hey, right. um, we've we've been overwhelmed a um, hundred or two hundred and ninety three comments left last week on post on river city media i mean it's just kind of a little bit of overwhelming but i just want to thank everybody and uh we've got more coming we're, we're probably going to start doing some shows maybe all three of us in one room uh we are expanding our equipment we are trying to go out into public and do shows we have the ability to take phone calls but if you um, have supported us or you're one of our family members, whoever, sincerely, stick with us, stay with us. We got, we're, this is a long run. And I sincerely am overwhelmed that 12,000 people took their time to go view a post or a newspaper article or our shows or, you know, 1,600 people last week took the time to click on the link and sit there long enough for us to re, you know get a view off of just went one of our specials so that's kind of overwhelming and i i just want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart and hate to say it but these two gurus here kind of make this network so i appreciate them too so robbie what do you got buddy
1: um I will say, uh, any minor league baseball fans out there, the Lookouts had a great opening home stretch, um, and hey, they've got some really good talent. I went to the games. I went to the game Saturday night. Um, also, I left my blanket that I bought there. Um, I'm still getting used to the being out in public. So much distractions. Bought a blanket, left it underneath my seat. So whoever got my fifty dollar blanket, you're welcome um but yeah no the lookouts got some talent i'm excited to be to have them back playing um the self proclaimed not a baseball guy i do like going in in uh in real life and watching them and so uh yeah that was my weekend um it was it was good but yeah thanks for watching and yeah I look forward to more more and more content and yapping about whatever we come up with
0: It's amazing when you have an open mic and you're just like, okay, we can talk about anything we want to talk about and somebody else cares to listen. That still amazes me.
2: That's a bold statement to say someone else cares per se. I get get texts from a lot of my buddies like, hey, your face looks kind of fat. I'm like, thanks, dog. I appreciate it very much. I'll put you
0: next to me. It'll make you look skinny.
2: Oh, man. My wife said it. She said – uh yeah, the, you and Robbie are, like, she knows Robbie and I, though, like, together, we're kind of Tinder, and that, that's probably a bad example, but, uh, you know, a match in Gasoline, uh, she's like, yeah, but the host, Randall, he's really good. I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Well, Appreciate that very much. Well, one fan. Uh, one no, I. You know, a few things I wanted to say. Number one, uh, rest in peace to Colt Brennan, who, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Was an Orange County guy, not that it matters, but that guy was the original run-and-shoot gunslinger. Uh, 130-plus TDs, like 30 picks. Set all kinds of records. He passed away today, unfortunately, probably due to our opioid crisis. They believe that fentanyl was involved and born and raised in Newport Beach. Um, You know, a lot of kids in that area were good football players, but back then, USC, UCLA, Alabama, whoever it was, you know, they only took certain guys that fit certain measurables. And he went to Hawaii and changed really how football, you know, after him was Timmy Chang and dudes that would just start slinging it. And now as an SC guy, we're fortunate enough to have a air raid offense, which is a very good offense for talented teams. But now back to Colt Brennan, sarcasm aside, rest in peace, man. It's sad to see he was 37 years old. Um, I was like, thank you everyone especially my mom who's watching usually she makes fun of me uh incidentally when i moved to tennessee my mom was like do they have taco bell i'm like mom it's not africa we have the same and they may have it in africa maybe probably in johannesburg but i was like we've got more or less the same things here that we had at home uh minus the beach and uh no uh big thanks to her who watches religiously and uh also gave me birth that was a good thing and raised me um, and happy birthday to her, by the way, it's coming up and good luck to be there. She really is the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Awesome. Hopefully
1: we go three and O on our bets.
2: I hope so. I really do. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to dip down on that. Sweet. That's, that's intrigues me. So yeah. Happy
1: bel- Oh, ha- happy birthday Raj and happy belated mother's day to everyone out there that's watching. Uh, any other mothers who are watching us.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> All right. Any guys, un- so unwedded mothers too? That's right.
0: <laughs> Two weeks in a row, I've There's been able
2: to get
0: in it right at ninety minutes. So I'm doing my job, so uh, we'll call it a night and uh, we'll get back. We had one topic. We'll roll over till next week, and it was a great discussion. And again, yeah, uh, Col- uh,
2: I just, yeah. I
0: just. I just remember him being a, a gunslinger, and maybe yeah. Next week we'll talk about that guy. That's my answer.
2: That's my answer to your topic next week. Uh, oh, and PSA, people,
1: stop going crazy with gas. Don't be filling up your five gallon jugs over and over again. I'm trying to get to Panama City yeah. next week. I'm leaving. Like, just calm down. Like, have we not learned anything from the toilet paper <laughs> crisis last year? chill out they're just trying to scare you pace yourself calm down i gotta get to florida next week i'll be i'll be doing the show from pcb again um everyone calm down Just chill
2: i I just went by walmart the line was like 80 cars long i'm like dude number one where do you have to go number two yeah you're probably spending more gas sitting in the stupid line idling Number 3 chill dude did you not learn anything from recent hysteria like bread and yeah. milk and water toilet paper it's all gone i think hey, the state of tennessee is weak and the,
0: the place for hysteric i mean I, I i don't even understand people were a friend of mine was like getting off of work and he was going to stop and get gas he had 3 quarters of a tank It's like <laughs> yeah i'll
2: get gas next monday you need to re- yeah, I mean, re- reevaluate your friends, Randall. I'm just kidding. Sorry, friend. I'm just joking. Well,
1: <laughs> it's just it's insanity, and like just just everyone relax and stop, oh, like, stop being afraid.
0: Know. Listen my, to us instead. Yeah, my friends would get on <laughs> a text where they were Buffalo Trace in Manchester, and somebody would start driving that way from Chattanooga. Now that's uh, that's true scarcity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, you know, if, if there's a liquor shortage, then yeah, I'll be the first one on the panic train.
2: Yeah. All right, hey, big everybody. thanks to Robbie real quick, who persevered despite having mad cow disease and bird flu, and he said it wasn't COVID, but
1: I mean... I can I can get my negative test out of the trash if I need to.
2: I believe you, just because your wife is too smart for both of you, so she wouldn't let you around yeah. anybody that would make you susceptible, but no, man, you power through, could tell you were sick, and... You know, Randall, the same way with shingles. Hopefully, you guys are both okay. And I hope that next week I'm fine because it's a bad pattern.
1: Yeah, hopefully we can get into uh, all together pretty soon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, stay with us, and we'll have some great news. We'll talk to you next week on 3R Sports.